stories and s'mores by the campfire, rock climbing, swimming, games and crafts. These are all things that can be found at your typical American summer camp. But what can you find at camp when it's not, well, summer? Join us today as we speak with YMCA camp directors Carl Wargo and Dan Reynolds from Ohio, as well as Guide to Discoveries directors Diana Huff and Paul and Heather Kupferman. We will explore what goes on during the off-season, what your camps can do to stay involved in your community, and how to stay proactive for the following summer. My name is Kyle Winkle. You're listening to Camp Wire, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Camp Wire. I would like to start by introducing our awesome guest for today. Let's start with Carl. Carl, could you tell us a little about who you are and um, where you're coming from? Sure. Uh, my name is Carl Wargo, and I'm the executive director at YMCA Camp Wainoa. It's located in uh, Akron, Ohio. It's a traditional Y camp that serves um, boys and girls from 6 to 17 in our overnight program, and as young as 5 to uh, 15 in our day camp program during the summer. And then we're a year-round conferencing uh, and outdoor ed facility as well. And uh, I've been back at Camp Wainoa. I started my career there uh, over a decade ago as uh, actually an outdoor ed staff member uh, and then uh, returned in 2015 uh, as a camp director. Very good. And Dan, how about, how about yourself? So hi, my name is Dan Reynolds. I am uh, the district executive director of camping services for the Akron YMCA. Uh, so I work with Carl on a, on a regular basis at a camp I know of, And my home camp is the Akron Rotary Camp. It's a camp that's primarily for children and adults with uh, physical and developmental disabilities. Uh, we Summer camp is obviously our biggest thing, and we do different types of year-round programs and fundraising, and we'll get into all that later, I guess. But uh, I've been at camp, uh, oh my gosh, it'll be 20 years in December. Oh, excellent. Awesome. Thank you, Dan and Carl, for representing the East Coast. Uh, I love that. And over in the West Coast, uh, let's start with Diana. Um, so my name's Diana and I'm with Astro Camp. Um, so we are a um, outdoor science adventure program in Idlewild, California. So it's the mountains on the way to Palm Springs. Um, we offer programs for kids ages 8 to 17 and we specialize in physical science and astronomy. So a lot of our traditional camp program blends in with some edu educational components. My, I've been in camping for almost 10 years and been with uh, Astro Camp for about two years. Oh, very good. Awesome. And next we have Paul. Hello. Uh, my name is Paul Kupferman, and I am the summer camp director for Catalina Sea Camp. We're located on Catalina Island, which is about 26 miles off the coast of Los Angeles. Um, if I had to describe our program, we are an ocean adventure with a marine science focus in the summer. Um, I started going to camp there in 1986, way before Diana was born, <laughs> and, and uh, went there as a camper for a handful of years, as a counselor for a handful of years, and returned, uh, I think, at the age of 28 and became the director. Um, and so I, I am the summer camp director. I do a lot of marketing and outreach during the school year and in the summer. I'm like a school principal court jester. <laughs> Very good. I love that. Thank you, Paul. And last and certainly not least, we have Heather. 
Hi, I am Heather Kupferman, and I work for Guided Discoveries. I'm the Director of School Services for Guided Discoveries. We own and run AstroCamp in California, as well as Virginia and Camp Motorsport, and we also own and run the uh, Catalina Sea Camp. Um, and my job is to work with all of the schools who utilize our programs during the summer off season, so during the school year. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. And that's a great segue into um, the main topic of this podcast, which is camps in the off season. A lot of times camp professionals are asked the question, so what do you do the rest of the year when it's not summer camp? So the hope of this podcast is to hopefully give some camp professionals some thoughts, ideas, and different resources they can use in order to um, make camp a year-round experience, not only uh, for revenue reasons, but also just to connect with that community and just kind of be part of the school systems or, or what have you. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the uh, specific questions that we have. So Dan and Carl, both are under YMCA camps, correct? Yes. Okay, awesome. So we have two parent companies represented too, which is pretty neat. So, so tell me a little bit about what activities your camp hosts when it's not summer. Uh, so out of Camp Wainoa, we will serve uh, school groups uh, that come out for uh, outdoor ed or what we're seeing more of is our leadership development community building uh, groups that'll, that'll be there. Uh, church groups, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, parent-child programs. Uh, we host uh, a family camp and we do uh, a small amount of corporate retreats and uh, we'll do some corporate picnics as, as well and family reunions, essentially uh, anybody who's looking for a space for a great alternative for them. Um, programmatically, um, anybody who's looking to do some outdoor ed classes, that's us. And our bread and butter happens to be right now is our leadership development. Oh, very, very good, thank you so much. Uh, Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, Akron Rotary Camp and what some of the activities they do when it's not summertime. Absolutely, so Akron Rotary Camp, like I said earlier, is a camp for children and adults with special needs. So we do most of programming for our campers uh, throughout the year. Uh, our biggest programs are our respite weekends where the kids come on Friday and they leave on Sunday and they have a great weekend camp experience. So it's just like a mini overnight camp for them. And we also have uh, some holiday parties and, and activities for families. So, you know, trick-or-treating is a big thing. Uh, Santa Claus uh, brings presents at Christmas. You know, we'll try and do some family dinners throughout the year. So, so those are some, some big opportunities to keep our families engaged. And we also do some facility rentals. That's not nearly as big as what happens at Wainoa. Uh, and then we, we spend a lot of time focused on fundraising. About half of our operating budget comes from donations. So our biggest fundraisers happen in the fall and in the winter. Okay, awesome. Um, and I saw on your um, website too that you have adult weekend retreats. Is that something that's uh, year round as well? It is, and, and those are those are for adults with special needs. So those okay. are our adult campers with with, with special needs. Excellent. So okay, we're kind of focused on on them uh, rather than the kids. We change yeah. things up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think that um, 
uh, adult camping is kind of a new trend that you're seeing a lot of camps get into. So I think it's really great that, um, you know, even when um, they might have special needs, it's still something that you're investing in. So that's really cool. Thank you so much. All right, now let's go over to the uh, guided discoveries group. Um, let's start with uh, Diana. Can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe your um, educational development opportunities that you guys have whenever it's, you know, fall, winter, early spring? So I'm going to pass it to Paul to start with a brief overview of GDI and kind of okay. talk about the overall educational component, and then we can get into specific questions. Great. So what's interesting, and I was talking to our founder yesterday, is that Guided Discoveries, Catalina Sea Camp, Astro Camp, all of our programs initially started as a school year venture. Mm. Ross and Christy Turner, who founded the organization, were working for the Boy Scouts and were finding um, opportunities on weekends and contacted local schools in the area and had them coming out when, um, when Boy Scouts weren't there Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was kind of the, the birth of Guided Discoveries. Uh, the summer camp was kind of an outgrowth of the school year program. Um, and so uh, starting in 1979, we moved into our big kind of what we call our mothership facility, the Toyon Bay facility on Catalina Island, mm -hmm. uh, the school year program. And Ross's wife, Christy, grew up in the camp world and said, I really think that we should utilize this facility to its fullest and start running our summer camp program. And so what I have found for the most part is that's completely the opposite of most summer camps. I can give a little bit more information on Toyon and what we do. Um, I would say 10 months out of the year, we have kids in camp. I think on the island right now, and Heather could probably correct me if I'm wrong, there's upwards of 500 kids on the island from schools ranging from Arizona, New Mexico, Ohio, all over California. They come from everywhere. Um, we don't have the weather concerns that most states in America have. And so on, on Catalina, we are there the majority of the year. Um, it is a focus 100% on marine biology, mm -hmm. little ecology as well in the summer. And we, Heather works with teachers and helps them choosing program and, and uh, guiding them through that process. So that's what happens on Catalina uh, during our school year. Oh, very good. And so throughout all of the different properties that we run, we have about 45,000 students and teachers that come uh, throughout the year, um, just during the school year, I should say. Um, we do um, anywhere from fourth grade through 12th grade um, classes. Uh, we also do some parent organized trips. Sometimes the school district won't feel comfortable sponsoring a trip like this. And so we'll have a mom who has a fifth grader with a bunch of other fifth graders that want to go. And so they'll put together a trip. Um, and that has other complications when it's outside of our typical three-day or five-day program. Um, there's additional insurance concerns because they're not sponsored by a school district. So they need to get an additional insurance policy so that they're covered. But that's something that we've kind of worked on and we have it down to a science now. So we have students and teachers at our facilities seven days a week throughout the school year with the exception of Christmas time and uh, right after the New Year's. Um, while Catalina is focused on marine science, 
Astro Camp is focused on physical science and astronomy. So our program, three to five day, three day or five day trips are typical for our school groups. And um, they're gonna be doing a lot more academics than we do in our summer camp program um, with some really cool nighttime activities um, as well with our awesome telescopes. <laughs> <laughs> at AstroCamp a couple of unique user group situations. We have a Boy Scout retreat that we do during the school year. We also have a runner's group where they bring over 100, maybe 150 guests for a week. Um, so we have different opportunities. We had a group that came in from China and they brought students out as a school year program, but it happened to be during our summer months. We're always looking at new opportunities as well. To, to fill and utilize our, our property when school is not in session. Having been the old guy in the group um, many years ago, we used to run more things that weren't kid focused. We ran some singles groups, we ran some church groups, we had a family reunion. Um, as our success has risen to the point that it's at, we make a lot of decisions based on our mission, which is to make a difference in the lives, a positive difference in the lives of children through mm -hmm. unique discovery. So when making those decisions, do we want to keep the family reunion or we can get in another school, um, we typically go to our mission to answer those questions. And so uh, over the years, I, I think on the island, there's maybe one group or maybe not even one group anymore that, that, uh, that isn't youth focused mm -hmm. and still has um, like Heather said, one or two programs, maybe, maybe, maybe we only don't. one, maybe one. So it's, it is 100% youth, youth focused. That's excellent. And, and that brings up a good point. You know, I think that we have the potential of some listeners maybe feel like, well, you know, I'm not in California. I don't have, you know, an Island to use as a resource. You know, what am, what am I supposed to do in order to keep people connected? But I think that, and Dan Carl can agree with this. Sometimes the mission presents just as many opportunities for um, creativity and events and just different programs that you can create just based off of trying to be involved, trying to help a certain group of people, whether that be kids or uh, special uh, people with special needs, it, it doesn't really matter. So uh, that's great. Besides programming, I was curious, do you guys have any ways that you stay connected with the summer campers throughout the year? I know that a lot of people utilize social media for things like that, or maybe they'll have like newsletters of ways to kind of invite them back onto the, the winter and fall um, events. Dan and Carl, do you, do either of your camps have any kind of initiatives like that? Carl's rocking it out. <laughs> so programmatically, the kids have a kids night out. We run once a month. It's a Friday night to Saturday morning way to stay connected and a way to invite our new campers in. So uh, like we found that, a lot of our new campers have a ton of anxiety about camp before they get there, right? Mm -hmm. like, where am I going to go to the bathroom? What does it look like where I'm going to sleep at night? What's mm -hmm. the food going to be like? Where do I go when I first get here? So these kids night outs are perfect for that, right? It's a, it's a very short, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning taste of what camp is like. So we get a lot of returning campers and we get a lot of new campers in that experience as well. Then we, we do a, uh, a holiday camp both for our regular overnight campers and then we run a holiday ranch camp. We have a year-round riding program um, which keeps a lot of our uh, summer camp ranch campers connected. We use a couple of different things to stay connected to them outside of actually showing up to camp. 
Facebook is a big one for us, but if we're being completely honest, like Facebook is for the parents right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so our parents are really digging what we're, we've done a lot of um, very short promotional uh, videos to, to, you know, to thank them, to show them what we're working on, to let them know about the things we have coming up. Uh, so our alumni and our parents are really on Facebook. We're using Instagram to stay connected to our kids. We show a lot of pictures. Um, the best pictures are, are the ones of the horses, right? There's a lot of love for the horses <laughs> out of camp. Um, but we did a couple of updates to our waterfront recently. So we were able to push those out and the campers were really excited to see kind of the work that was getting done there. And then we have a couple of email blasts that go out through our, our ranch. We do a monthly newsletter and for our, just kind of the, the rest of our campers, day campers and urban campers and ranch campers. Um, we do some, some email blasts. Uh, we try not to um, do a ton of them. So they'll be, they'll be super specific and they're, they're usually a mixed variety. So there's, Hey, we might have this promotion going on, but also here's what we're doing in the health lodge to update it for next summer kind of deal. Okay, so over to the Guided Discoveries group. Paul, I guess same question for you guys. Um, any kind of initiatives that keeps campers connected throughout the off-season? I think the best way that we do so is through our social media. Okay. Um, yeah, a really vibrant social media program. We have the, our social media director 14 feet away from us, and she works with, uh, with, with staff that we have on site. And so because we run year round, um, we'll take some time from an instructor at Astro Camp or some time from an instructor on Catalina. And part of their focus is making videos, educational based videos for, um, you know, that, that kids love to see. Like we, we put up an amazing um, video or going to be putting up a video in a couple of days about what a school of fish is um, or what a bait ball is. So that's ways for kids to stay connected, ways for parents to share that stuff with their with their campers. Um, but then we also do, hey, you know, hey, here's a great picture from the summer. What was your favorite activity? You're not your favorite night activity. Um, so mainly social media. Um, we do email blasts. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm that consistent. Um, I think that's more for parent focus. And like Carl, Facebook we find is more parent based, and Instagram is more camper based. Uh, the stories, that's one that our social media director has been doing a lot of is the Instagram stories and getting different engagement with our school year kids as well as our summer kids. It's all kind of lumped into one social media. We don't separate by program um, outside of facility. But yeah, I, I would say that social media is probably the best way that we engage. Years ago, we used to try to do a chat room. We're talking years ago. And um, it, it wasn't very successful. Um, it just, the, the, the moderator really struggled. And uh, it was just an, an interesting attempt, but it, it didn't happen. Um, we've tried doing dive weekends where we would invite campers to come to Catalina um, around, you know, just at the weekend after Thanksgiving. And the problem with that was we weren't able to find the staff to man it. And some of the campers would push some of our rules and guidelines during that time. And so um, bringing campers to the facility uh, has been a struggle during the off season. 
One of the, um, I think maybe more well-known things that happens at summer camp in the off season is looking for the following summer, whether that be construction projects, working on getting your staff ready and also like maybe policy changes. What kind of advice would you guys have for um, camps to stay proactive and to make sure that they're keeping on mission um, even whenever it's not a program or, you know, some sort of marketing tactic, uh, what kind of advice would you give to keep looking forward to the following summer? I think, uh, so we have an example uh, of, uh, so we're, we're lucky because we get to be a part of an association here in Akron. Um, and the, the benefit, uh, my example has to do with marketing is that we kind of have a gatekeeper in our marketing director. And so, whereas we have a lot of freedom to kind of express our creativity and what we're, what feedback we're getting from our camper parents of what they, how they like to be um, advertised to and marketed to, um, you know, there be times where um, it can, it can become easy to get wrapped up in the excitement of the project that you're working on and, um, and it's nice to have somebody that you can elect as a third party to have an objective view. So I guess my advice would be make sure that you have somebody with an objective view who understands what the mission, what your mission is that you can bounce off of. And so that, that's been really helpful. Uh, and there are times where it's our marketing director. There are times when it's Dan for me. Um, and there are times when it's my uh, advisory board. And so the, just having, having a community around, and honestly, sometimes it's our parents, you know, I'll float some ideas, uh, parents, like we, we had this idea of doing, um, we do full immersion camps at Camp Wainoa, so kids immerse themselves into the worlds of their favorite books and some video games, right, and um, we had a Facebook uh, post go viral, and it was, I mean, it wasn't anything special, it was just you know, a castle and an owl, and it was a Harry Potter theme one. Uh, but everybody was asking for adult-themed Harry Potter weekends. And so then we started to consider it. You know, hey, is this something that we should look into? I mean, the demand was clearly there. But the, the more that we, we thought about what we were trying to achieve out, out at camp, the more we felt like that was something that we couldn't, we couldn't control the outcomes to. Like, we didn't have as much opportunity to, to make the impact that – we we are supposed to be making and so we opted not to go with it so if anybody's out there that wants to go that run with it i've got a lot of ideas <laughs> but uh, yeah having having somebody to kind of be a gatekeeper is is really helpful yeah and i i think to follow up on carl's point you know at rotary camp you know we get our mission and our vision uh and our strategic priorities from our camp board you know so those are the stakeholders that are making those those 50,000 foot decisions, you know, and, and guiding camp uh, down the path, you know, with, you know, obviously input from the staff and, and, and families that we're serving. But uh, that, I think that is pretty key, you know, to, you know, utilize your volunteers in a way that is productive and, and resourceful uh, and that helps keep camp moving forward. Uh, that, that's, that's the key. I will try to take a stab at this. I think being a year-round organization, um, having people that are, are working for us all year round, those meetings that we have in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, 
um, can really be something that, that really um, pushes us forward as far as program. Um, and so continual meetings, um, ACA events, we, Diana and I just finished a conference here in Newport Beach for the Western Association of Independent Camps, WAKE. And uh, we get to work with people like Bob Ditter and, and all these incredibly successful programs in our area who kind of spur us on, say, hey, I just wrote a book. Hey, this is what I'm doing with our families and just continue to push us uh, to do more and be better at what we do. Um, it's funny, you, I, I see the word construction in the outline that we were given. Um, the only time of the year that we at Guided Discoveries are able to do construction is from Thanksgiving to January 2nd. And so that time is the only time that we can focus on bettering our facility. And we're a nonprofit organization, and so that money does have to go into the facility. Um, and so we have a, a lot of things coming up. Uh, just after Thanksgiving this year. I, I think the during the off season, taking the opportunity to really look into different legislation or um, maybe hot topics that are in the ACA, they always have a crisis hotline and getting familiar with like the big things that are in camping and kind of trying to take the opportunity when it's a slightly slower time to focus. Uh, here in California, fires are a big deal and they really impact our programming. And so getting familiar with different insurance uh, changes that are happening, getting familiar with how you're ready to set up during the year and in the summer uh, for a possible evacuation. We were evacuated from Astro Camp about two summers ago. So wow. taking the opportunity in those down times to be familiar with these things when you're not as busy and setting you you mentioned policy changes like setting things in place um so you're ready to go yeah that's yeah that's excellent thank you so much so um and if you guys don't have any examples of this that's totally fine but i guess i was just kind of curious what are ways that camps can produce revenue in the off season obviously you guys have tons of programming you already mentioned i don't want to have to you know uh, beat a dead horse but Maybe something that you've heard from other camps that you're like, wow, that's genius. What a great way um, to just kind of bring in money whenever it's not summer. Maybe it's like fundraising initiatives. Um, what are some advice that we could give to other camps? Yeah. Um, we're in the midst of planning uh, our first alumni weekend for campers. This is, we just finished our, our 40th summer and we're going to invite campers back who haven't had the opportunity to come to Catalina Island, some in over 35 years. Um, do all sorts of fundraising opportunities there from silent auctions, live auctions, you know, different levels of, hey, pay 50 bucks and you get to spend the day there or spend 500 bucks and get that crazy cool sweatshirt. Um, so I think working with our alumni and allowing them to come back to the facility is something that is that we're really excited about. One of the things that, uh, well, two things that, that we do at Rotary Camp. First, uh, we are collaborating with a school that brings their classroom here every day and uh, they use our facilities uh, you know, as school. And, and what they're doing with these kids is these kids are transitioning from, from high school to, to life, I call it, to adulthood. And uh, they're focusing on you know, um, just life skills. So they're, they're work, learning how to do laundry, they're 
they're they're learning how to, to make a bed, they're they're learning how to cook, they're you know, they help us set up for meetings and 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 help take care of facilities. So uh, it, it's a it's a great way that we can support our mission by helping these students and they pay us rent. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And they do things for us, which is even better. So it's like a, a win-win. Best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. So the other really cool thing that we do is um, we do a lot of fundraising. Uh, like I said, fundraising accounts for about half of our budget. And uh, our, we have a, a unique event uh, in February that is a golf outing. So Ohio golf in February uh, all adds up to, you know, a pretty crazy event with about 500 people and snow and um, orange golf balls and some milk <laughs> beverages. <laughs> so, so that event, you know, that one day event this year is going to raise $300,000. Wow. See, that's, so, gen- that's that genius creativity that I was wondering about. Yeah. Yeah. I can make, not take any credit for it, you know, but it's the 30th anniversary of that event and uh, this year. And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And then we also have another group that does a polar bear jump for us. So, so, you know, that event's bringing revenue and and fundraising is a pretty big deal. So yeah, you jump in the freezing cold water and they make you pay to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We had, a, we had an interesting thing happen last year where uh, we had a really awesome connection with a, a teacher uh, in one of our local schools. And uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of local schools are, are moving towards um, having very specific time set up for the students to have some uh, emotional social development time. And so uh, for the teachers, this is, this isn't necessarily a new concept, but it's kind of a, a new uh, thing to their job description. And so um, at, at camp, this is, this is kind of our bread and butter to a certain extent, right? I mean, this is what we do is, you know, we, I mean, you're about to invite 40 years worth of campers to come back and they've all got this, like this connection to the place and to the people. And so we had the opportunity to be invited into the school uh, to do what we do and kind of take uh, camp on the road uh, to them. And uh, so uh, once a week for uh, a semester, we were able to go in and uh, provide a resource to the schools. And that was, uh, that was, it was different because it's more, it's normally kind of a one-off thing. Like we're here for this time, but, uh, but we were, you know, we were invited in for a whole semester and that was pretty awesome. Um, a couple of ideas and things that we do to some extent with our programs. Um, one is um, for in our Astro Camp Virginia and Camp Motorsport program, we have our director go to a local news station and he does these science experiments with the anchors. And it kind of fills, you know, some time for the news, for some local news. Um, and it also gives out really important information about different uh, science techniques um, and it's just a lot of fun and it keeps our name out there throughout the school year. Um, we also use our sites occasionally for user groups such as there's um, a dance craze called Contra and it's just a, a large group of people who will travel to different locations and they do kind of like line dancing that sort of thing um, and so we host a Contra event at one of our properties on the island and it's great it brings in revenue 
and it's fun and it, you know, good, clean fun. Um, some other things are uh, an untapped market are homeschools. There are a lot of homeschools that are connected through different homeschool networks. Um, and they are always looking to gather all of those students in a, at a common meeting place. And we get lots and lots of inquiries from the different homeschool charter organizations to host events at our properties. We don't always have uh, openings available, um, but there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of students and teachers out there in that homeschool network who are always looking for event space to hold a three-day or you know a weekend group for them. Um, and also just weddings <laughs> between our own staff who get married and meet each other at camp um, to the public. Uh, weddings are a great and kind of natural event to have at these different types of venues because um, of the beautiful setting, um, because of the housing that's available, the kitchen, um, and it's also just a nice, positive, wonderful experience to have at one of your properties during your off season. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love what you mentioned about the homeschoolers. I, I come from Bloomington, Indiana, and there's a huge homeschool population there. And like you said, they're always trying to figure out, well, what is our next event where we're going to get all the local homeschoolers together? And currently the only one that I know of, at least from my community, is they have a prom each year where they they rent out this huge room in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they, they just go crazy and it's like a great time. So I imagine that something like camp would be a great untapped market, like you said, for people, homeschoolers specifically, to just kind of connect with each other. That that was great. About the weddings, um, I think, I believe, Carl, you mentioned that that's something that you occasionally do uh, as well. I've heard that that's like a big thing with camps is that they like to host weddings. I was curious as to, I guess, anybody who, who does host weddings, do you guys bring in an event staff or do you kind of run them yourself? Do you guys set everything up? How does that work? So we've done weddings at the last three camps that I've worked at and it's awesome, right? <laughs> because you get to see camp in a whole different light. You get to see camp under somebody else's creativity and that is, is pretty phenomenal, right? I mean, you get to see somebody else dress your place up to make it look the sharpest. And so from that end, I would say, uh, weddings are a ton of fun. I would say sometimes, if I'm being honest, the juice isn't worth the squeeze unless that's what you're doing because um, it, there is a lot of front end work on weddings that don't necessarily exist with some of the uh, other groups that, that we have served in the past. And, um, you know, there are sometimes there are things that are just outside of your control, right? So if you have a wedding and something else happening at camp, which happens, um, sometimes the, the two, uh, they don't intermix um, as well. And so uh, it, unless you have an exclusive place or an exclusive use policy, I think that it, it's tough to it's tough to guarantee somebody's perfect day remains perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I would say uh, if, if you can, if you could have those things, then weddings are totally worth doing. Um, uh, right now uh, we're almost exclusively uh, serving staff at Camp Wainoa that would like to get married. So we have, we'll, at the end of 2020, we'll have had three in the last two years. And, um, and so those, but those folks all, all know it and very much understand. Whereas um, when I worked at uh, Camp Kern or Camp Letts in um, in Dayton and uh, Maryland, um, 
they're set up very well because they were able to kind of have their own space uh, at camp that they could come in two days beforehand and decorate and then get another two days on the other end to clean up. Right. Yeah, I think that's my whole point. You know, a wedding is a great one-day event that it takes four days to, to plan for uh, on your calendar. So if that's something that you want to get into, make sure that, that you have that time in your schedule and, and that commitment to your facilities. That makes sense. Thank you for that advice. I think that's something that they can, uh, camps would really benefit from knowing some of the, you know, the details of what actually goes into running a wedding. I imagine it's a ton of work. I couldn't even imagine personally. Um, so maybe, maybe this is the wrong group to ask so we can edit this out if this isn't, um, relevant. <laughs> but, um, when I was at the ACA Michigan fall gathering, a lot of people said that they use off season to connect with their communities, whether that means going to like um, local town events, um, you know, Rotary Club, like joining just different networking things. It kind of extends beyond just like fundraising. They really try to just plug into the community and kind of essentially let people know, hey, we're here and we're a great option for your community's kids in the summer. Everybody who is on this podcast seems like they would be extremely busy during the off season. So I'm kind of curious, do you guys even get an opportunity to get out into the community and do things that's like outside of maybe the, the norm of your camp day-to-day -day operations? We certainly do. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it brief, Paul, uh, and then let you jump in. Yeah. But the, um, so I, I joined our local uh, rotary club and, um, and so I have some awesome opportunities there to, to connect in, um, We've just had uh, a wonderful meeting with our, our local school group. Uh, uh, they have child advocates uh, within the school. So uh, the kids who are struggling with things at home, um, both big and small, um, they have everything from a food bank in their office to um, you know, a, a place where the kids can comb their hair and brush their teeth before they go to class, right? So had an amazing meeting with them, met them at, the, at my Rotary Club meeting, and we're developing a partnership with them. So they obviously have kids that could use the opportunity to come to camp. It would be a great experience for them um, and maybe even a break from some other things that are happening um, at home. And so we're, we're making this great connection. And so we're getting really plugged into our school group. Like when I first came back to Camp Wainoa, um, I would say that Camp Wainoa was the best kept secret and it's our job to change that. And I think um, I've been uh, trying to work aggressively to get out into the community, let them know that we are a part of their community um, by showing up to events. So it's not just selling. And that was the big thing. Like I, I've been, I've been very uh, conscientious not to, to show up and just be like, I don't care what you do, buy what I've got. <laughs> right. Um, and so uh that's, that's been a really big deal as much as just coming in and pitching in and um, my staff have shown up to events at the food bank. Um, we've, we've done some, uh, we, we, we've been at our, you know, education and celebration events kind of locally. So we've, we've really just tried to get our face out there and show the community that we care. Um, a couple of things that I've done over the past couple of years is, is giving talks at, at different um, school events, um, and, and not just focusing on selling, but talking about continuing uh, education. So you've heard of the summer slump. Well, let's talk about 21st century skills and the importance of 
Um, not just letting your kids play video games and watch TV in the summer, why summer camp is important. Talking about the American Camp Association. Um, I just did a talk for something called the Catalina Conservancy, where they had gathered all of the different programs on Catalina who work with youth, and none of them had really ever heard of 21st century skills. So to have the opportunity to teach them about that, what we, uh, members of the American Camp Association, are lucky enough to get to learn about during events. Um, I'm sure that many camps do this, and I was taught this by a 95-year-old camp director 20 years ago, a home show. Um, reaching out to your families and spending time in their home. Um, there are some camps, that's how they spend all of their marketing dollars, but um, a lot of camp directors who just focus on digital media and SEO, um, to go into someone's home is completely foreign to certain millennials. Um, and so I'm going to, you don't even know this wife, uh, I'm going <laughs> next week for, uh, oh, have fun. <laughs> yeah, or just, it's a one day trip, I swear, I'll be home. Um, but going to, uh, you know, taking a trip and going to somebody's home and, you know, that's going to cost you $500 in travel. If you get one camp sign up, it, it pays itself back. But going to people's homes and not doing a hard sell and just talking about not just your camp, but what camp does for youth and then saying, and we happen to be the best camp out there and here's why. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, having great conversations, you know, talking to parents, where, where did you go to camp and making friends first and then kind of the, you know, the sale comes on the back end. Mm. Thank you, Paul. And on Catalina Island, because it's such a remote location, um, there's one school on the entire island and it's literally one half, like one building for pre-K through 12th grade. And so we help to contribute to their science content. Um, we have something called Island Scholars, where we work with them and our instructional staff from our school year program, Catalina Island Marine Institute, will teach them classes throughout the year. Either they'll come into our property or we go to their school and teach. And mm -hmm. it's just a nice kind of reciprocal relationship that we have with them. Oh, and then for another example would be our Virginia property, um, Astro Camp Virginia and Camp Motorsport. They participate in a lot of local events. There's all kinds of um, local festivals and parades and we have a giant fire truck and we'll jump on the fire truck and be part of one of the floats. Um, and we also will go to schools and, and do rocket launching days with them just to kind of, um, you know, give the students something that they wouldn't normally have inside the classroom. Um, and also it gets our name out there as well for potential summer campers. Thank you, Heather. That's great. So um, that's, that's kind of um, a majority of the questions that I was kind of curious about specifically. Um, at this point, I, I think it's, it would be cool to open up the floor and if anybody else has any kind of um, things that, to add about uh, what camps could do during the off season. Um, I'm going to plug <laughs> that um, I would encourage camp directors in the off season to become, um, become visitors, ACA visitors, um, because personally I have found that um, a lot of what I've gained in knowledge and networking skills has become, it was because of the visits that I've been able to have during the summer and also the trainings and different kind of, of events that they have for those that are going through that process. We've 
you get to meet a lot of people and then you get to go to camps and see how they're run and that's hugely valuable for your own program but you're also giving back and um, to that overall mission that we all have about kids going to camp so um, I really encourage people to do it. A lot of the responses that you get um, are, well, I don't have time in the summer. And there's always ways to get around that. And if you need creative ways, there's a lot of people in the UCA that will help you kind of figure out the best way. But if you want to get more knowledge about camp, become a visitor. <laughs> Thank you, Diane, for that piece of encouragement. I saw Dan and Carl put two thumbs up. <laughs> you <Yeah>. hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Anybody else have anything they'd like to add or plug? Uh, we do. We do a, a free family fun day. Um, uh, we do four of them in the spring, uh, where in the Midwest it isn't as, it's more like California than it is like New York. Um, and so uh, those have been extremely successful. Once again, they were really great ways to, to break down that the scary barrier of signing up for camp, right, is an opportunity for the whole family to come out. Um, we do something simple like hot dogs and cookies, right? But we have a couple of our, uh, the standard camp program areas open, like archery, BBs, canoeing. Um, and so uh, those have been extremely successful. And then the, the last thing that I thought was, um, has made such a big difference for us was, um, so kind of Paul talked about it a little bit, right? Like the staff meeting. Um, so we do the summer staff wrap up meeting and um, I, I ask all the staff, what questions did they get asked the most during the summer? Um, this is very pertinent with my office staff. And then we, we pre-answer those questions before next summer. So um, we may, we have like the staff hand, or not the parent handbook that goes out, you know, it's like 152,000 pages of everything that you need to know about going to camp, um, which nobody ever reads, right? But everybody always reads the quick start guide. So we made a quick start guide for camp um, and it is solely based on the most frequently asked questions that our office gets um, throughout the summer. And it has, it has eliminated um, a lot of pre-camp anxiety and questions on our end. So I thought that that worked out really, really well for us. And it was a good opportunity to kind of come together and make sure that like we were doing the best, like what are we actually telling our parents like about swim tests, you know, and is it, is it what we want to be telling them? So it gave us a really cool opportunity to come and evaluate um, ourselves as well. So. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. It sounds like a great idea to uh, take and make the most of those opportunities. One other thing that I just remembered that we did this year, which I think is genius, and I wish that <laughs> it's such a great idea. So our Astro Camp Virginia program is relatively new, so we aren't during the school year. And what we decided to do was during spring break, when kids have a week off, is to create a spring break camp. And so we got a lot of local families to sign their kids up and do that. And I think it's a great way to keep you know, the vision of camp alive during the school year. Um, it's a time when parents are scrambling to try to figure out what to do with their kids during that time. Um, winter camp would also be a good idea, but it's kind of a natural fit. You get a little dose of summer camp during the school year and you solve the problem of the parents. Where am I going to put my kids? I have to work this week for two weeks, whatever the case may be. And it was really successful and I think we're going to continue doing that as well. That's awesome, Heather. Well, very good. Well, I would just like to uh, say a huge thank you um, to those from the 
YMCA in Ohio, Carl Wargo with Camp Wynoa, Dan Reynolds with Akron Rotary Camp. Really appreciate you guys uh, representing the East Coast. Um, and then also from Guided Discoveries, Diana Huff with um, Astro Camp, Paul Kupferman with Catalina Sea Camp, and Heather uh, from Guided Discoveries. Uh, we just really appreciate your time. You guys are, uh, sounds like you're doing some amazing work. So keep doing what you're doing and uh, make a difference in those kids' lives. And we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to episode 24 of Campwire. If you like this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, let us know what you'd like us to talk about next in the comments. Have a great day and happy camping.